Welcome everyone to the most riveting podcast in the world of sports and mainly swimming. But thank you for joining today. We have an electric episode. I am super pumped about this one. Super happy to get Matthew Gearing, head coach of Catawba College, on the podcast. We got a couple new sponsors to the podcast. I want to share some information with them. And after that, we'll hop right into Matt's story. This will be a two-parter, folks. We, uh, we really chopped it up on the mics. They got hot. The oven mitts came out. But we're going to go part one, Matt's story, and then into part two, a more technical, more analytical side of things for the, the real swim nerds out there, the real number crunchers, data destroyers, the coaches, the swimmers who really want to get in deep. So enjoy this and enjoy getting to know Matthew Gearing a lot better. Erica Biney and Biney Wellness Testing. Mention that House sent you. And Erica and her staff will understand completely what that means. You'll save $175 off on any genetic testing and services with Erica. You'll get a better understanding of your health, wellness, and how to nourish your body fully. So thank you. Excited about our first sponsor. And also our second sponsor of the Swim Bros Podcast, Streamline Performance Physical Therapy, located at East Windrose Drive, Paradise Valley. Find it. Check it out. Look it up on the IG. You can find it. Owner, Nick Hattinger, had it up for over four years now. Just opened up a new location that we just mentioned in Paradise Valley. Looking to enhance and improve the strength and also recovery abilities of athletes, of swimmers in the valley, and remote options as well. So if you're interested in strength training, healing from an injury, preventing an injury, or just wanted to come in for some recovery at a sauna, infrared sauna, cold tub, check it out. Streamline Performance Physical Therapy on the IG, Nick Hattinger, and also myself. Reach out if you're interested in coaching. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love. No, your pretty feathers, it don't matter the weather. Just you and me together, we'll fly, 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 fly forever. Let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love. No, your pretty feathers, it don't matter the weather. Just you and me together, we'll fly, 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 fly forever. All right, swimmers, swammers, ladies and gentlemen, mothers, fathers, everything in between, pets included. We won't we won't be biased here on the Swim Bros podcast. But today, folks, we have one of my best friends over over a decade now. Uh, we're moving on to fifteen years, probably. Uh, Matt Gearing here is joining us, and uh, this guy this guy's been around the block. He's had quite the expertise, quite the experiences, quite the journey in the realm of swimming. And so, here's a little tidbit and some backdrops on Matt. Matt started his collegiate career as a swimmer at Queens, then turned to team manager, then turned to swim coach. He helped Queens move on to eight total national titles, four men's, four women's titles. From there, he also helped out at Team Elite with David Marsh down in Swimmac area, North Carolina, as well, nearby Queens. Then went on to Indiana University to become an assistant coach. From there, he pivoted to the University of Arkansas at Little Rock, for a year where he's also full-time assistant coach, then moved over to become a Florida man at Florida State University for a season. And finally, his highest position yet, he was hired at Catawba College as the head coach, and he's starting his second year there, where already in his second year as a Division II school and head coach, they just came off a win against a Division I program. Their men are currently ranked sixth, and their women fourth in the nation. So... 
quite the accomplishment, quite the history. I'm very excited to have Matt on here, share his journey, and to spend some time with one of my best friends. So, Matt, thanks for hopping on the Swim Bros podcast, man. What's up, man? This is uh, just easy to record a conversation since most of our conversations are pretty long anyways. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think after every every time we have a FaceTime, we're like, man, should have just, just put that one on record. <laughs> Might as well have. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think this will be one of one of many visits for Matt now that we now that we finally got the domino falling. So Matt, I think Matt will be a pretty frequent revolving door guest here. Um, maybe it won't be for long as long episodes. Maybe it will. Maybe it'll be shorter. Who knows? Who knows? But a lot of guest appearances I see in the future. But uh, but before we hear more from from Matt and his his journey as he steers the ship through through his swimming experience, want to kind of kind of find fire a couple rapid fire questions at Matt. So. You ready for these? Let's go. Good be quick about All right. it. All right. Yeah. So man, man values efficiency. I don't need to speak too much, but we're just going to keep these under 17.9 seconds, 53 <laughs> world records. So, um, but yeah, the answers don't need to be too in depth. We'll get back to them. If you want to stop on one, we'll come back to it later. All right. All right. Okay. First one. Here we go. Pancakes or waffles? Mm, pancakes. Favorite place you've lived? Um, I personally have lived would probably be Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, my wife doesn't say I lived there, but she lived there. And so I kind of take a little part of that, but Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, beautiful, beautiful. All of them. Both of those, both of those absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Uh, would you rather take a vacation in the mountains or at the beach? Mountains, a hundred percent, not a beach guy. Ooh, mountain man. Would you say you prefer relays or individual events as a coach and as a swimmer? Uh, um, I think there's nothing like the 400 freestyle relay at the end of a meet. Like, probably just hands down favorite event. Um, as a swimmer, I don't know, probably more individual. I think there was something just about, you know, just you and, and it's like not on anybody else uh but as a coach for free lay heck yeah heck yeah noble answers there i like that i like yeah. that uh best pool you've ever been to or swam in i mean i think as as us classic midwest boys like we love the nat at uh at iupui like it's it's one of the best pools in the country um swam a lot at greensboro as well i think that's like i don't know i feel like people don't give Greensboro the, the hype that it deserves. I think it's a great facility. Um, so probably those two. Yeah. I mean, we've said it once. We've said, we'll say it again. IPY, Indy, the Nat, whatever you want to call it now, yeah. injected into my veins, all great racers <laughs> go to Indy. Everyone knows that sure. everyone knows that it. it's going on my gravestone. Um, your favorite, but obviously you're a swim coach, but your what's your favorite sport? Is it swimming? Yeah, it's swimming for sure. I'm, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, take my blinders off too much outside of that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, favorite animal. Um, I mean, I guess dog, I guess okay. that's like a pet, like favorite, I don't know. Favorite animal. Um, I think gorillas are pretty awesome. Hey, like, wow. Like can't really mess with those guys too much. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Special shout out. RIP Harambe. That's Harambe. Uh, 
near and dear to yeah as two has two ohio men right here cincinnati at a, that strikes a deep chord so yeah, yeah forever and always favorite animal specifically always. harambe uh favorite music and or artist that you listen to um getting way more into country music right now okay uh, wasn't ever before but i think my, my wife maybe had something to do with that one um zach bryan uh, luke combs uh that type of stuff nice nice didn't expect that one i know it's would, pretty wild yeah would you prefer morning practice or afternoon practice which one's better for you as a coach or as a swimmer let's go both <laughs> oh man uh it depends you got a double i mean if you got a double you're doing both uh I mean, gosh, as a coach, like it's pretty nice to get morning practice done, and then you kind of have the rest of the day to to get get some of the other duties done in the job. Um, as a swimmer, I mean, getting to sleep in is pretty nice. So, oh I think yeah, there's pros and cons to both. Fair, fair, very, uh, very head coach answer. I respect yeah. that. I respect <laughs> that. I, I I would also agree with that. Probably as a swimmer, afternoon. As a coach, probably get it done and dusted, move on yeah. to the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, probably the last one we got for the rapid fires, dual meets. I think I know your answer on this one. Suited or unsuited? <laughs> what should they be? I mean, obviously, you guys kind of took that one by storm last year. Um, just finished listening up. I told you this last night. Just finished listening to Herbie's podcast um, with, with Kyle Sockwell. Mm. And I mean... I think that's like the first time I've really heard him explain kind of his whole reasoning and, and I loved it. Um, and, and I think giving the caveat of like, Hey, we're not wearing new suits every time. Cause that's what like a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, ASU, how do they have the budget? Um, and it's like, well, you don't have to have the budget. You just wear an old suit. Um, yeah, she definitely does not have the budget PSA. <laughs> just kind of put that so, one out there too. So yeah, like we did it one, one time last year in a dual meet. Um, and it was awesome. Like it was super fun. And so we'll kind of see if we're going to have that up our sleeves again uh, this year. And and I think in the beginning of the year, and I think Herbie talked about this last year, like in the beginning of the year, yeah, maybe it's not a great idea. Um, and then kind of once you get through that, that Christmas time, uh, maybe that's where it becomes a little bit more uh, beneficial, but it also sounded like they were going to do it every meet this year. So um, interested to see, interested to see how it works. And maybe we'll, we'll take a little page out of that book. Yeah, it's uh, it is fun. I will uh, latch onto that sentiment. Definitely yeah. makes dual meets uh, much more bearable, much more enjoyable, and uh, a little bit, a little bit more manageable to get through when you're swimming four yeah. events in about an hour. So <laughs> it uh, definitely helps. But uh, yeah. awesome, awesome. Uh, I yeah. kind of want to lob the mic over to you, Matt. I really, you know, we got a couple pit stops. We had some highlights, but I, I really want to hear um, and let the listeners know really how your career. And, you know, life since we met in high school swimming, um, yeah. shout out YMCA swimming, bringing us together. Okay. Yep. And, uh, but really how that's unfolded, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of the back, the background and all that aspects with that being friends on the calls, FaceTimes, phone calls, texts, all of it. Um, but kind of want you to, to steer the ship and let the listeners know about your very incredible journey, really from, from athlete to, you know, near-death experiences to being a head coach now father as well yep so uh, i'll let you uh take the mic steer the ship yeah man i think what we we met um i think i might have been in high school um i don't think you were in high school yet 
but we met in Fishers, Indiana, right at the uh, all time memory Santa Claus classic, I think is what it was called. Yeah, um, it's like right. Was it in December? I can't remember if it was like, uh, November or December. Um, but you, you were swimming a 500 and there was nobody to count for. Like no one was counting for you. And uh, we were like we were there as like our midseason like taper and rest meet. And that was like something we did every year. And we're like, oh, my gosh, this kid like that's super sad. Like he doesn't have anybody to count for him. And so uh, shout out Kevin Minky, one of my one of my best friends, uh, like a brother to me growing up. We, we lived across the street from each other. He got me into swimming and he's like, oh, I'll go like count for this guy. And so we count and like, I don't know, I think you were in like seventh or eighth grade and you just like slammed this 500. And we were like, what in the world? Like, who is this dude? And so you come and like talk to us afterwards and uh, like just kind of started talking and getting to know each other. And I think you told us you were like 13 and we're like, no way, this guy's 13. Like, look at this dude. Um, and then from there, like we just kind of stayed in touch and uh, you know, you obviously moved to Ohio. I don't, you were in, uh, I think Indiana, were you Kentucky or Indiana? Indiana. Yeah. 15 so years in Indiana, Indiana at that time. And then you moved to Ohio and then you, you moved to countryside and uh, we were way more uh, close to each other. And so I think that friendship just kind of like developed over time and, both of us being pretty big swim fans, swim nerds. And, um, and then obviously like high school swimming against each other. And like, I vividly remember your freshman year trying to break uh, Joey Hudipole's record and like not doing it. And like the anger that you had, and I was like, damn, uh, this guy, this guy is legit. Um, and like that, yeah, it was just pretty wild to watch, watch from my perspective. Cause I mean, you were a way better athlete than I, than I was. And so kind of getting to see that, um, was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, I grew up swimming, grew up in Ohio, grew up swimming, uh, did the, the 10 plus years thing that, that everybody does, uh, summer league and, and then year round and all that stuff. And, um, probably like sophomore year of high school, uh, in December, just like one random day out of the, out of the blue, I started, uh, having, having some heart issues, uh, in the middle of practice, uh, where my heart rate would get like really high and, and, people are always like, Oh, like, yeah, my heart rate gets really high. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't think, I don't think you understand. Like mine would get like 280, uh, which is super unhealthy. Um, and like, people are like, Oh my gosh, how do you even count that? Well then like, yeah, how do you count that? And then we got like some data to actually prove that, uh, which was, was insane. The first time, uh, we had that data and we sent it over, like literally within five minutes, the doctors were calling me asking if I was alive. And they were just like, you need to like not do anything, like sit down, like do not move. And it's like, oh, wow, like this has been going on for about three months at this point. Um, so that was that was pretty wild. And that shook up a lot of things in my life. Um, you know, needless to say, saw a lot of people, went to a lot of doctors, uh, ended up going to Ohio State University in Columbus, uh, found a electrophysiologist there. Uh, did some tests, did some things, and they kind of locked me in the room because, uh, you know, swimmers and, and athletes were, uh, we don't listen too well. And, and we wanted to, I wanted to keep doing what I was doing, um, even though I definitely should not have been. And so, you know, through kind of this process of trying to figure out what was going on, ended up having a, um, an ablation performed, uh, which, you know, I say heart surgery and it's nothing like an open heart surgery or anything like that. Like 
and ablation is uh, relatively common, minor, uh, but for a what, 16 year old, that's probably not the case. So it was, it was a pretty big deal. Um, and, you know, they went in and, and kind of felt pretty confident that they saw the issue and, and they, what they do is they go in with a catheter through your groin and, uh, actually give you adrenaline because they have to get your heart rate up. And then they kind of locate where the issue is. And then they're able to, with the, uh, with the catheter heat it up and, and burn away the defected area. And, um, so they did that. And, uh, after that procedure, you know, we kind of thought, wow, we're going to be good here. I'm going to get back to swimming. Uh, obviously it's a sophomore in high school. Like I wanted to swim in college. Um, those were, were goals of mine. And so kind of wanted to get back into things. And, and that really kind of created a, a little bit more of like a cascade of problems, um, like within like my chest, within like my diaphragm, um, like hurt to breathe, honestly, for like a few months. Um, so that was pretty wild. So just kind of then like going down the rabbit holes of like seeing pain management doctors. And, um, I had like 36 shots in my chest, uh, wow. over the course of like four weeks. Um, so that was pretty insane. Um, and, and honestly, what helped me was like massage. I just like found this massage therapist and I don't know what was going on, but I had a lot of, of stuff going on in my diaphragm and, and within like my, uh, like my intercostals within my chest. And, uh, I think, I mean, when your heart rate goes 280, like your body kind of freaks out and that, and that happened for like three months. That wasn't just like a one day thing. Um, so I think my body was just like really taxed and really stressed and, um, I just needed time to recover. And it's, you know, we don't, as athletes don't do that very well. Like we want to solve a problem and get right back to it. And so this was like a whole other year of like trying to, resolve this issue and, and get back to some sort of normalcy and obviously all along the way wanting to get back to swimming. Um, so that kind of resolved itself. Uh, and then, you know, kind of got back into swimming, ended up, um, I think at that point ended up transitioning teams, um, and, and just kind of felt like, um, you know, I don't have much time left. I, I want to try something different. And so went to this team kind of up more, a little bit closer to, to your area in Cincinnati. Um, and it was a small, small team. Uh, and I met some of my best friends there. Uh, one of them being Zach Apple, uh, us Olympian and, uh, in 2021, uh, world record holder, gold medalist, uh, hopefully all swimmers know him. Um, so we grew up kind of swimming and we had a guy, Mark, uh, Mark Andrew, he won, uh, junior nationals in the 400 IM our, our senior year, which for a small team of, I mean, our senior group had like eight people in it maybe. Uh, and we were just like, we loved swimming. We were dedicated. We, uh, and that's like the only thing we did was like swimming and hang out with each other. And like, that was awesome. That was super cool. Um, so shout out to those guys. Like we're still in a group message. Um, we have like three, four different group messages that we all kind of chime in on and, and like life is taking people in a bunch of different directions, but we always try to stay in touch. Um, some of us are better at it than others. And I'm definitely one of those people who isn't very good at it, but, um, you know, I, I love those guys to, to death. And so went there and, you know, kind of started swimming again. And, and then lo and behold, like had more heart issues, um, and had really the same problem that I had before and where my heart rate would get really high and like 
I don't know if it was to the degree of like 280, but and in the beginning, it definitely got to that in the end. Um, and for whatever reason, no one wanted to like see me. Like I went back to the same doctor at Ohio State and he was like, yeah, it's not your heart. And I was like, okay, like, what is it then? And he just told me my body couldn't handle the level of activity that I wanted it to. I was like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, and like, you just told me that this is the Ohio State University. Like you have five of everything. Why don't you just like call somebody and get their opinion? But he wouldn't see me. Um, he, he wanted nothing to do with that situation. Uh, I went to, to UC. They didn't want anything. Like no one wanted anything to do with it. Um, and I don't quite understand why. I think like, yeah, it was a very complicated case. Like I called Kyle Chalmers has the same situation as me. Like it's called SVT, supraventricular tachycardia. And Kyle Chalmers has, has had ablations and, and there's plenty of people that have had those. Um, like I just had lunch with Tyler Clary last week and like he had an ablation uh, wow. like, a, like on Friday and he's actually had a lot of heart issues. Um, he's had open heart surgery. So um, I think like some of that stuff is pretty wild. And, but for whatever reason, like my case seemed a little bit different. And so I was like, well, I guess swimming's over. Like, I, I, no one's going to help me and, and I don't know what to do here. So, um, so like in the intro, like back up, um, back up to how I got to Queens. Um, I wanted to swim at Queens. The reason I found out about Queens was through you. Um, and like full credit to the house family for, for finding, telling me about Queens. Um, I, I vividly remember being at a meet in Miami uh, University in Oxford and your mom and my mom are up in the stands talking and your brother had just uh, transferred from Purdue to Queens. And, you know, that kind of that conversation started. And then I think you had been like, hey, have you ever heard of this school? I'm like, no, I haven't. And so um, like, OK, I look into it. And at that point, it was um, that was my senior year, I think senior year, junior, senior year of high school. They had not won a national championship yet. Um, but they had Matt Joseph on the team. And obviously, Joseph was super good. And like, and I could, you know, anyone outside looking in, you could see like, wow, like this team is really good. And like, they're doing something different. And so my senior year, they won their first national championship. So I had emailed uh, Jeff. I had, um, was actually at that point, like kind of coaching with my club team, felt like I wanted to get into coaching. And so I actually wrote a letter uh, to David Marsh. Uh, because he was out at, in Charlotte and they were actually training out of the same facility of Queens. Um, and I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting. Like Ryan Lochte was there and, and all these Olympians. And I was like, so they're training out of Queens. I looked at Jeff Dugdale, the head coach at Queens, I looked at his bio and I was like, oh, he was at Auburn. Like when David was there and I was like, wait, like this seems like really interesting. Like what is going on? Like there's some interconnected web that I don't know, like, at that time, it wasn't very prevalent. Like there wasn't this, there wasn't podcasts. Like, I don't even know if some Sam was, I think they were probably around, but like how mainstream were they? And and so it's like, I'm just kind of figuring this stuff out on my own. And it's like, okay, if I want to get into coaching, I think this is probably the place I should go. And so I wrote a, a letter and actually this is going to be funny. Um, I wrote a letter to two people, I wrote a letter to David Marsh and just kind of explained like, Hey, this is my situation. I think I want to get into coaching. And I wrote a letter to Bob Bowman and nice. uh, and because he was at NBAC still and Michael was there. And, and I was like, man, like these are two of the best coaches in the world. Um, and if I wanted to get into coaching, like surely I should try to learn from them. 
And my plan for with Bob was I was just going to go be a normal student at Towson in Baltimore. And I was going to like help out with him. And so we actually took a visit to Towson. I went and visited Towson as a, as a normal student and I met with Bob and I'll be honest, I don't remember it because I kind of blacked out. Um, <laughs> like growing up, I was and still am like a huge Michael Phelps fan. And so sure enough, like I sent this letter. I said a handwritten letter. I sent it. Yes. Nice. And I got a response from Bob Bowman. I got an email and I was like, holy crap. And so we went and I went to NBAC and uh, walked in and I was like, holy crap. Like, this is so cool. And uh, went, upstairs, went into the office, sat down and talked to him. And like, gosh, I cannot tell you what we talked about. Um, but like, I just remember being like, this is awesome. Like, and, th and that was an option for me. Like, okay, I'll go be a student at Towson and then like, see if this thing's going to work out. Um, ultimately I didn't go there and that kind of worked cause then Bob went to ASU. And so yeah. I would have been like, probably, I don't know what I would have done. Um, but so I, I sent a, a letter to David as well. And I got a phone call from Jeff Dugdale. And so David got my letter and he's like, Hey, like reach out to this guy. And so we start talking and I was like, I can't swim anymore. Um, but I want to go be a student at Queens. I will help out. I'll work for free. I want to work with David. I want to work with you. I want to be a part of this. And so uh, we had a meet in Greensboro, went out there, took a trip to Queens because it's like an hour from Greensboro. And uh, I mean, you know it, like stepped out of the car, put my foot on the ground and was like, yeah, I'm going to go here. Uh, yep. It's beautiful. Like Myers Park, you're surrounded by million plus dollar homes. Um, North Carolina coming from Ohio is like really, really nice. Uh, there's a lot of people from Ohio that moved to North Carolina for, for a reason. Um, it's beautiful. And yeah, I just kind of went through and, and at the time I actually met with Peter Vierhoff, uh, who was an assistant there and he's now the head coach at Bulls. Um, so met with him and, um, obviously I wasn't going to be a swimmer there. Like that was like, I think, I don't know. Like I knew that, like they knew that, like I was one, I wasn't very good and to the help all the heart stuff. And, and so it was like, okay, I just want to be a normal student, like, and, and just work and learn. And so, you know, Jeff was like, sure, come on. And so I enrolled at Queens, um, went there and in the first day showed up to practice as a, as an 18 year old freshman who had a buzz haircut, didn't have any hair. And, uh, I mean, I just, just kept showing up. Like I just didn't stop showing up. Um, and it got, and it really got to kind of an unhealthy point, uh, probably my, my freshman and sophomore year. Um, but I would spend every single waking hour if I wasn't in class or gosh, at that point I wasn't even working out cause my heart stuff was still going on. So if I wasn't in class, like I, I was down there and, uh, John Long, uh, one of my best friends, um, he was the at the time, assistant, became associate head coach. Spent a lot of time with him. Um, now that I'm in this role, I realized how much time I kind of wasted of his. And, and <laughs> not wasted time, but like I took a lot of time of his where he could have been doing other things um, for the program. And, and he was grateful enough to like sit and talk with me. And, and I asked a ton of questions and I just grilled him. Um, my first two years there, we had another guy, uh, another assistant coach, Matthew Johnson, 
Uh, he was the distance coach at the time, and, and he's now up in uh, the Raleigh area coaching a club team. And I talked to him. He had just come from Michigan. He was a, a volunteer at Michigan. So kind of got that perspective on the distance side. Um, and I just, I mean, I just grilled these people with questions and I, and I took notes and I have a whole, I don't know, it's probably like 50, maybe over 60 pages uh, word document of just like stuff that I like learned from them. And um, yeah, it was awesome. And, and hung out with Jeff and, and um, obviously like freshman year, didn't get to do much of anything. Like I'm, you know, just observing um, all the while still going through my heart stuff. Um, then it became a little bit more prevalent in my life where going up a flight of stairs, my heart rate would go up to like 220. Um, wow. And so I was like, all right, this needs to get resolved. And so luckily Jeff helped, uh, of course, as the master connection connector that he is with people, um, found, found a guy in Charlotte, uh, like I don't know, five minutes from campus. And he was an electrophysiologist, got with him, did a few things. He, he actually put a heart monitor inside of my chest, like under my skin. And that was really helpful. Uh, did a, another uh, ablation procedure there in Charlotte. Um, heart rate hit 300 during that, that, during that procedure. Uh, had, the, had the information to show it. Um, had a lot of adrenaline inside of my body. Um, and probably about a 95% chance of being on a pacemaker for the rest of my life. Not that that's like plenty of people survive with pacemakers, but I was also like an 18 year old um, wanting to live a healthy, active lifestyle. And like, you can do that, but it just definitely complicates things. Um, was, um, sorry to interrupt, but no, was, was this whole, obviously you're, again, you mentioned you're 18 and I've known you for about five, four years at this point. So I've, yeah. I've seen some of this and, and for another perspective, people like Matt's going through this and I vividly remember we were, I think, at, at yes, at the, at the, he already knows the, the Ohio Southwest Classic, the largest high school meet in the country, yep. arguably the world. And he was debating with me. He's like, well, I can swim the 4am. And he's like, I think this person's going to scratch. So I could swim it at night, but like my heart might give out. And I was like, and the doctors oh. were like, you cannot swim. Yeah. They were like giving him the go, the no go, no go double sign. And he's like, no, I think like, yeah, if I can swim like the finals of the Southwest Classic, like I think it, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll be able to do it. Like what if I even go like six minutes, like I'll, I'll be able to do it. And I was like, dude, that's literally a 400 IM, which is already buns or you can just not die. And so this guy was just full on, full on. We joked about calling it the uh, Matthew Geary High School Classic. <laughs> super bad, super morbid. Uh, yeah, this guy was about to just put his body on the line for the sport of swimming. This guy just gives literally everything, and that's swimming, just, just second nature. But after, besides that, that side tangent story, um, going through this whole moment, you know, you talked about those all those times that all the hours that you were logging, like at the pool with John, mm -hmm. was I don't know if it may have been consciously or maybe subconsciously, but at that time, do you think all this stuff going on was basically kind of building this? aspect of like i don't want to waste any time like i don't have any time to waste or i'm i'm valuing life to a different level or was that not really in the cards at that point it was just so. kind of okay yeah it wasn't like i mean there's a lot of jokes but um <laughs> at that point like i felt good with where i was at like health wise and like okay. 
it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I need to like learn all this stuff. Like it was, it was purely out of like, of an interest of coaching and an interest of swimming and um, having the thought of having not necessarily being like, I kind of projected where I'm at now, but like, okay, I want to do this as a profession and I need to learn as much as I can. And obviously these guys know what they're doing. Um, so yeah, it was more of just like out of an interest of trying to be the best coach that I could be. That's awesome. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I ended up having, uh, yeah, like there was like a 95% chance, like I said, of like being a pacemaker. So ended up not doing an ablation on that, uh, got sent down to South Carolina where they had a little bit more specialized equipment, did a procedure there, um, took care of the issue, caused kind of another issue, which resolved itself, thankfully. Um, and since then I've been good, like haven't had any heart issues, work out nice. frequently, um, not as frequently as I used to, uh, been head coaches hard, um, <laughs> but can do things that I want. Um, could have like very easily people ask, like, do you still swim? I don't currently swim. Um, I could, and, and I could have gotten back into swimming. That, that was my freshman year of college. So like I could have started swimming again, but like I said, I was a relatively mediocre athlete and I feel like I'm a significantly better coach than I, than I was athlete. So it was like, why am I gonna, why do I, why would I even entertain the idea of like getting back into swimming when I could just like really go all in on this coaching thing and, and try to become really proficient at that. Um, so so yeah, that was kind of the end of the the heart story, I guess, um, which is weird. Like I haven't probably gone into that much detail in a very, very long time. And I'm surprised I kind of remember all of it because um, it was really my whole life for like four years. And as things happen, like, you, and you move on, like you just kind of forget about it. It's still part of your journey, but um, happy that's over. Very happy. Like Yeah, like, likewise. Likewise yeah. as your friends. And now that I'm a like a, a parent like i'm a father like dude i don't know how my mom and dad different did that. game yeah different game total different level of respect um yeah i can't even imagine having to deal with that so pretty wild but um but yeah at queens that, that was my freshman year and then like i said just went all in and um we kind of add in david to the picture and i remember very distinctly the first day uh it, it was early in the fall I'm, you know, we're at, I'm at Queens practice and just standing on deck and all of a sudden Ryan Lochte, Kathleen Baker, Katie Miley, Christy Coventry, um, Camille Adams, uh, I think Tyler Clary was there. Yeah, he was there. Um, Cullen Jones, um, just some of the greatest swimmers yeah, of all time. Just walk in. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, and so a lot of what it was in the beginning was literally like, I just hung out with it, like at practice after Queens's practice. Um, and there was, there's like so much, like when Queens was division two, they had so many people had things to say of like, Oh my gosh, team elite. Like those guys weren't helping us. Like they were focused on what they were doing. Like David, I could count on the, like he was never out of college because that wasn't his job. Like he was there to coach team elite. Like he wasn't there to coach Queens. Like everyone thinks that he was. And it's like, no, he wasn't like not at all. And that's no like slight. That's just not what he was there to do. Um, so like hung out for, for, you know, coach Queens practice and then, and then hung out literally just like tried to stand back and like watch and listen to what David was doing. And uh, Bob Groseth 
was there and um, he's now more involved with Queens. Uh, but Bob is like Hall of Fame coach, coached 20 plus years at Northwestern, uh, coach Matt Grievers to his first Olympics. Um, really like kind of like a breaststroke guru, like really helped Katie uh, with the success she had, Katie Miley. Um, and I grilled him a lot. And uh, Bob's, Bob and I are, I mean, I consider Bob really close friend. Um, and just like, I mean, his story is wild. Um, he, he learned from Doc Councilman and wow. um, great coach at IU. And, and he has this really fun story about going to Doc's house at like 3 or 4 a.m. because he was, was leaving the bars and didn't want to go back to bed. And um, he went, Bob went downstairs in the Doc's basement and like assembled the the very first pace clocks because Doc was the inventor of a, of a pace clock. Um, so Bob's like assembling a pace clock downstairs in his basement and Doc is upstairs in his uh, like attic, like writing the very first science of swimming book. And it's just no like, way. Whoa. Like that's sick. That's crazy. That's so cool. <laughs> and so I talked to Bob a ton and, and just, I mean, drilled this dude on, on his thoughts and, and what he for training and, it was really, really impactful within my, my life and my career. And, and then I've spent a lot of time with him just as a, as a human and, and as a person and, and he's great. So, um, we had this, uh, and you might remember it, but it's like Kistler performance analysis starting block. Mm -hmm. That thing I was like high tech beyond belief. I don't remember how many millions of dollars it was worth. Um, uh, but it was worth a lot of like million. And we, well, as J as David and, and Jeff do like, we had it for free. Um, nice. We were just like demoing it and, and being able to like uh, promote it. And, and Michigan has, I mean, they got it. Uh, University of Michigan got it after us. I don't know if they still have it or not. Um, but it would give you so much information. Dive angle, force off of your front, off your back foot, time to 5, 10, 15 meters, had five super high def cameras, two above water, three in the water. Um, and it just it gave you Kurt, like, it just was like, it was crazy, man. Like it gave you so much info and for whatever insane. reason, it Saw wasn't, first yeah. For whatever reason, I became the guy that knew how to like fix it when something like went wrong on it. And so just like made myself valuable to David. And if I wasn't out of practice for whatever, because I was usually at a team elite practice, but if I wasn't, he'd be like, Hey, can you like come and help me with this? And so like, Anthony Irvin joined the group. This is in the lead up to, this is fall of 2015. So this is in the lead up to um, Rio. And the amount of dives that I sat behind this computer in this starting block and, and watched and then like went over data with Anthony Irvin was ridiculous. And for those that know, like the reason he won the 50 freestyle was because of his dive. One, because of his dive, his dive was horrible. It got better because of this, this system, because of David. Uh, like I look over and he's doing like half kneeling dives, like in the shallow end, like a, like a five-year-old. Um, That's a Sir Herb special too. Yeah. And like translating that stuff into like high performance gold medal performance, like that's incredible. Um, and so getting to kind of witness that firsthand was really, really cool. Um, and yeah, I just, I just continued with that, continued with Queens and and just never stopped showing up and, got more and more autonomy kind of as I went through. And um, I mean, my senior year there, I was, uh, Jeff let me run the 200 IM group on Monday nights. And I remember the first first Monday night when we kind of had, you know, we're split up and I like had 
the practice ready and, and I gave it to him and he's like, I don't need to look at that. And he's like, I trust you. And I was like, whoa, wow. like I'm a, I'm a 21 year old. Um, and I'm just like, got this group of D2 national champions and like, Hey, don't screw it up sort of thing. Um, and it was really cool. But all the while, like I would walk down from class like five minutes before practice and Jeff would throw me a marker and be like, Hey, you, you got warm up. Be like, crap. All right. Um, yeah. and that's like sophomore, junior year. So like, all right, figure it out. And like, literally like, I'm not helping you. Like you, you, you got it. Um, so that, I mean, talk about like learning and teaching someone like, Hey, you've watched us enough. Like you should know what to do. Time and to start you, doing. And if you fail, like who cares? It's just this it's one day. It's one little warm up. It's not going to matter if you, if it's shit, you know, it doesn't matter if it's bad. Um, so that was, was really, really just impactful for me. Um, the level of trust, the level of, um, autonomy that, that he allowed me. Um, it's also then, just like strategic planting by Jeff. Like he knows you, like he obviously is running the whole, the whole ship and he knows yeah. like the seeds he's been planting with the warm ups, the watching, he knows you're working with David. He knows you've been doing the star work. Like yep. this guy, this guy knew strategically what he was doing, even though it doesn't seem like he's, he does all the time. He, knows everything, like, he always has a game plan. I believe yeah. somewhere, even if it's always. subconsciously. He knows, he knows never, never, uh, I mean, there, there was one period in my life where a lot of people were telling me to do one thing and he was like the only person that told me not to do this thing. Mm. And I didn't listen to him and I 100% should have. Wow. Um, and he's the only one that was, was telling me like, Hey, maybe this isn't the right path. And, um, and I didn't listen. Uh, and I, and I, and I told him that like, Hey, like I, re you know, I regret that decision. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy what he can see and like the big picture, like it's wild. And now that I'm a head coach, like not, not as good as him, like on, on some of that stuff, but I'm, I'm learning that. And, and we talk and we have conversations all the time and um, yeah, it's just pretty cool. So um, yeah, as one of the guys, as when I, when I like you, you said early on, like Charlotte, you step in, you step foot there, like beautiful. I mean, you pull around like I think it's like right in front of the president's office, um, like about like maybe like 300 yards from the Levine Center now. Mm -hmm. Like you just pull into that circle and you're like, wow, this is this is amazing. Like when pe people are always floored when I tell them my recruiting process and I was yes. like, oh, yeah, like what were your top three? And I'm like, oh, Queens, ASU, Texas. And they're like, yeah. wait, <laughs> like what? And, I was, but, and then I kind of like go into the store. Yeah, yeah. Zach Apple too. Almost got him to Queens twice. We almost got him to Queens twice. Uh, and that would have been like, holy, like we talked, John and I talked about, about that all the time. Can you imagine if we had Grant House, Zach Apple, we had Marius, Kush, and I think Dion Dreesen's may have overlapped for a year. Like, come on, dude. What that would have been wow. insane. Probably, probably could have kept Josa around a little bit too. I'm, yeah, I mean, it would have been wild. Um, all, all, I mean, always those what ifs. But, um, of course, but of yes, course. those are fun. What ifs, though? Those are fun. What ifs, though? Yeah. Super pretty place though. Um, and so that was kind of the queen's piece. And then with the David piece, like, um, yeah, after 2016, uh, obviously like all pro groups kind of take a break after the Olympics and, um, that happened in Charlotte. And so people kind of took a break and, and then like 2017 worlds are coming, coming up. And so that people are kind of gearing up for that, but, 
at the time, like Ryan had left. Um, he kind of had his whole Rio thing and um, Yikes. Tyler Clary retired. Uh, Cullen retired. Like Anthony re- kind of retired, you know, I don't know if he's still swimming. Like no one ever really knows with Anthony, which is, which is cool. Like that's why he's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so the group was just very different. Like Katie Miley was there. Tim Phillips was there. At, he was still there. And um, Kathleen Baker was there. Those were like the three Americans. And then at that time, David was becoming kind of a um, an advisor for Israel and the national team there. Oh, wow. And so we had some Israeli Israeli athletes come over. And so that was kind of a, a large bulk of the group. And then uh, and then we had Yosuke Irie from Japan who mm-hmm. came over. Uh, one of the best Phenomenal individual. Yeah. Super I, I got some time with them up at Colorado Springs at one of Bob's altitude camps, which I'm really not sure why he, he decided to join us other than just like, I want to try this. Different yeah, yeah, different, which I really respect. But um, obviously there's the language barrier, but he was like one of the most funny individuals and oh, like joy, joy filled humans I've ever met. And it explains so much as to why he's had such a long career, why his yeah. technique is impeccable too. Like just enjoying the mastery of the process and not, I'm sure he gets frustrated, but like just his longevity of his career, he's still like competing at Asian games. He's going to world cup stops now. Like he's still one of the most elite backstrokers in in the world and yeah has he fallen off a little bit maybe but i think like a younger demographic has just gotten faster yeah so like and he's maintained this level of excellence for so many years that's that's really cool that you got to work with him yeah um and then we had a few brazilians as well that came over and so it was a it was just a different group and and it's a different time after the olympics and so um you know bob grosseth was still around and then we had another uh, assistant whose name was kayo and and he ended up going at that time to be the head coach of Israel. Um, and so it was kind of a vacancy. And, and like David was like, hey, do you want to be kind of like the main assistant here? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sophomore in college. Like, yeah, I'll help. I will gladly do that. And, um, you know, just getting people ready for uh, world championships in 2017 and uh, kind of did that. And that was super fun um, getting to be more ingrained in that high performance um, kind of environment. Uh, I mean, that was the summer that Kathleen broke her first world record in the hundred backstroke 58.00. That was unbelievable. Um, that was just like a really good summer for, for a lot of people in that group. And um, just kind of having a little bit bigger hand was really cool. Um, and then at that point, that was the time where David accepted the head coaching job at UCSD um, San Diego. And so he moved out to San Diego and we kind of like created a little bit of like a team elite West coast and East coast. And, and there were people that moved out to San Diego. There were some people that stayed back in Charlotte and um, I was kind of just like looking around like, man, who's going to coach these pros that stayed. Huh. And it's like, well, well, Jeff and John, like their priorities, Queens, like that's what they do. Right. And then Bob, like, kind of at the time was, was getting more on the, on the Queens. And now he's like a paid assistant at Queens. Um, and I was like, well, I guess that's me. Um, so I just kind of, I mean, obviously talked to David about it and, and it's like, Hey, like we got a little bit of a group here and, and I guess I'm going to take, kind of take this over. And, and obviously with his guidance and, and help from him and he made stops occasionally in to just check on things. And, um, but like Yosuke, Irie stayed there 
Um, we had uh, Deion Dreesens at that point was kind of in that that group after his graduation from Queens. Uh, we had two Brazilians there, uh, Mateus Santana, who was a Youth Olympic Games champion in the 100 free. Um, Helen Moffitt from uh, UNC. She had graduated from UNC, moved to Charlotte for a job, kind of wanted to keep swimming, and, and so she was there. Um, if I'm forgetting anybody, but it was, uh, yeah, it was a super interesting time. Cause so I was just like, obviously asking a lot of, I needed a lot of help and, and a lot of guidance, but, um, and the group swam well, like it was, yeah, yeah, it was swam, swam pretty good. And, um, and that was only like a nine month period. And then like the summer happened and then people went out to California for the summer. And, and then at that point, like it kind of, kind of dissipated as, as those things happen. Um, so that was like a really interesting period of, of time for me. Um, like a, interesting nine month period. Um, Probably a lot of growth, a lot of growth, learned a lot. Um, and I think that was the other big piece of David of like the level of autonomy. And even with a, a like Olympians, like gold medalists and world record holders, he's like, yeah, you can like write the practice for today. And like, that was probably like more of like a recovery practice. It's not like the main, main deal for the week, you know, but, yeah. but having that, that, okay, like I have some ownership here. Um, that was really cool. And so finished that up and then yeah finished my time at queens and um just won national championships every year which was really cool um yeah for, i mean four men four women all four years in a row uh dynasty dynasty i mean yeah for real like you could just see it when when we walked in like other teams were like God, these guys again it's like yep we're back like and he ain't getting us um yeah. That's so mean, hard. yeah like very I mean, one of the coolest athletic results I've ever seen. Any sport, I don't care. Uh, 2018, I think we're in Greensboro. Uh, so it's close for us, which is nice. We swam prelims, women's hunter backstroke. We got five girls under the A final. That's insane. We're like, wait, like that's... Like, I think, I don't know. I'm sure John and Jeff probably knew that was going to happen. Like, okay, we have a chance to do that. We got five girls in the A final. I think like two years before that, we were like really slim on backstrokers. So like John, John did a good job recruiting that. Um, so five girls in the A final, we go to finals, they start swimming. And I mean, what, there's only four teams that could be excited, right? Like us of five and then three other teams. And so they, they swim the race and it's like, okay, like what's going to happen here? And then it's a, good race and they finish and like the pool deck goes silent and you can just like kind of hear like people are counting it's like one two three four and we lose it we went one through five and the women's hunter back and we are going just absolutely nuts i mean i have never seen anything like that like that is hands down the coolest experience i've ever been a part of I got to find video of this. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, obviously like winning a team championship is, I mean, I loved every single one of those getting to jump in the water and, and celebrating and, and just kind of soaking in that, what we did that year. Um, but really to go like one through five in an individual event, um, dominance and, and ex excellence in full, full display. Um, so that was, that was really cool. Um, I think my first year there, Dion Dreesen's went like 132, I think in the, in the 200 freestyle. And at the time, Zach Apples and at Auburn, and he's texting me like, dude, all the guys here are talking about this. 
Um, because yeah. back in, what 2016, 132 was like, it's a pretty, pretty good. Like, and now yeah. it's like, a, yeah, no, yeah. Fourteen-year-olds weren't doing that yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was still so, cool to actually have a, a really fast time in the two hundred freestyle. Yeah. And from which, like the stigma, and we can talk about that, but like the stigma of like a D two school, like yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, so just a lot of really cool experiences through that time. Um, learned so much, and just so so thankful for that. And and Charlotte really became like a second home for me and um, my family. Like my mom visited all the time. Um, and uh, met my wife there, and um, she was on the triathlon team. Give give uh, Caroline a shout out. She's uh, she won three national championships on the triathlon team, um, which she doesn't want to ever ever brag about herself. But she's incredible. Um, always always is incredible, and, and always will be. But um, yeah, I think we just like really like our relationship started there. Um, we just like fell in love with the place and. Uh, you know, we, she graduated a year before me. She stayed in Charlotte for a year trying to kind of figure out what she was going to do and, and did a few odd jobs here and there and um, just continued dating. And, and that was awesome. And um, then I was graduating and she got a job out in Colorado Springs. So uh, she moved out there and we started doing distance and that was, uh, you know, not very fun. Uh, yeah, I did about 22 months, almost two years of that. And that was, that's, that's tough, man. Um, yeah, I remember it was, there's some, there's some hard conversations that we had in some, so to definitely yeah. the distance. I, I was always, I always admired that because for that long and with that much distance that just, just uh, to me, it showed how much you guys cared about each other, how much you and Caroline did. Um, yeah. and that spoke volumes to me of like how to actually like, look honestly, like as a younger like man like to look at a relationship and to go about it um like respectfully compassionately caringly and uh yeah i'm i just always was super commendable about that doing that distance pursuing your passions and uh the intensity that both of you did because both of you are very passionate people and and one one two love what you do and really struggle when you're not doing that and i think not compromising that ever is one of your both strongest traits honestly I mean, I, I remember we joke about it, but like, I remember it was, it was one of our first dates, like our first or second date. And, uh, we were sitting in the car and, um, I just remember like looking at her and telling her like, Hey, if I don't think I'm going to marry you, then like, we're just going to break up. And she kind of like thought like she was silent for a minute. She's like, yeah, it makes sense. And I was like, cool. We're on the same page. Like, I'm not like, not that by any means as a, that was that was her senior year, my junior year. Like I wasn't thinking about getting married at that point, but I was like, hey, I'm not like wasting my time or your time. Um, like if this isn't going anywhere, then what's the point? Um, and she agreed. So it was like, yeah, it works. Um, and then three, three dates rule. Yeah. Man, like, <laughs> um, so yeah, we just uh, kind of did the distance thing. She went out to Colorado. I was graduating and was like, all right, I want to get a job. I just did this whole four years of volunteering at an NCAA championship program. It doesn't matter if it's division one or t- division two or division three, like it's an NCAA championship program. And we were performing at a very high level as well as with David and having a lot of time with him and working with, I mean, 2016, we had 16% of the U S Olympic team. Like I got to be a part of that and and maybe not in a super hands-on fashion in, in that period, but like I, I witnessed and I was I was learning and, and it was just like, I felt like that experience was worth a lot. 
and not a lot of other people agreed. Um, and I wasn't able to get a job and I don't know. I mean, I, I think I have a pretty good understanding. Like I was graduating. I was a 21, 22 year old. Most people that are graduating college that wanted to get in coaching, go be a volunteer. And I was like, yeah, I just did that for four years. Like I don't need to volunteer again. Uh, and I just, I couldn't find that spot. And maybe I had just like really high, I think I did have like really high standards for what I was looking for. Uh, just, I remember this. I mean, you just, just, it's reasonable though. You just come off, like yeah. we talked about four, four straight years was your first coaching experience of winning a national title. Like you said, I division two, three, one, whatever it is like yeah. that standard of excellence is now your expectation. Like anything less than that is like, why would I waste my time? Like taking the fact, the culture of the program. Um, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'm alumni, so I have a good understanding of where they're at, but now as a head coach, like, and, and a competing, yeah, obviously not in division two anymore with, with them, but, um, our culture at the time, and, and it's, it still is, but at the time, like it was really, really good. I would put that up with anybody. Um, any team in the country, I felt like we were, were able to compete with culture wise. And so, yeah, I had really high standards and, um, it just wasn't viewed as that way with some other people. So kind of made the decision like, all right, like, I guess I need to go be a volunteer again and um, need a fifth year, need a fifth year as a, as my education, I guess. And uh, you know, I'm super lucky to have a supportive family that was like, man, you're going to do this again. And it's like, all right, like, here we go. And um, you know, reached out, had obviously a lot of connections and David, uh, Jeff and, and Bob and, and kind of like, Hey, help me figure out where the place is to go. And, and so I ultimately ended up at Indiana University in Bloomington. And um, so Caroline's in Colorado, I'm in, in Indiana. And, and that's like, that's a, that's a tough, uh, tough distance there. And then kind of going for me going back close to home, I was like, three hours from home. So family like that, that was nice for me, I could go see my family on the weekends. Um, and yeah, like, got that division one experience, it was a very different experience than what I was used to. Um, I think I reflect on it a lot more now and, and have definitely taken things from that experience. It was a super interesting year. Um, you know, kind of a, a whole new staff in the beginning of the year. Um, Jonty Skinner joined, uh, Corey Chitwood, Emily Eaton, uh, myself. And then, you know, as we kind of moved through the year, uh, John Long actually came from Queens yeah. and joined the staff at, at IU. Still there. Uh, yeah, still there. there associate head coach, head sprint coach. Back, uh, linked up with Marius now too. Marius is out there, which is, is good for him. And um, yeah, John's crushing it. Uh, but he he got there during my time and that was, that was really helpful for me. Uh, I mean, I just spent four years of my life with this guy and considered him, I mean, one of my best friends. And so him kind of coming, that was really nice and um, continuing talking to him and continuing asking questions and um, and then seeing a different system. That was, that was really it. Like seeing what does a different system look like? Um, and I think, like I said, I reflect a lot, like Ray Lou's the head coach there. I mean, he provides a lot of different options for people. And I mean, the number of practices that we had going on for, for all different types of groups, like, yeah, you're going to get what you needed. And that was, that was really cool to see. Um, and you know, Corey Chitwood was coming from Arizona. He, he was kind of coming off of coaching Leah Smith. And so, you know, getting to talk to him, I talked to Corey a ton, um, and getting his perspective on stuff. And that was really cool. And then Jonty Skinner, uh, during his time there, I mean, legendary name in the sport of swimming. And 
spend a ton of time with him in his office, uh, going over video, going over his thoughts on, on swimming in general, on practice uh, organization. And um, yeah, like just more learning, just more learning occurred. Um, you know, wasn't, wasn't super pumped to be back in the Midwest, like, but um, you know, we did it for a year and, and that's the year that, uh, that COVID happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was at the last meet before COVID. I was at the um, tier pro swim in Des Moines and we, I, that, that was really cool. I got to go as the main coach for the pro group. So we had Lily King, Cody Miller, Annie Laser, um, we, and then uh, Zach Apple, Blake Peroni. Um, and there were a few others in there, but, and so meanwhile, Zach's there and so I'm coaching like my best friend. Best friend. Really cool. Yeah. And um, so we go there and then we get back. Big tens already happened. And like our whole women's team got sick that year, like right after big tens. And I had also gotten sick. Um, I had also gotten sick. And so um, everyone tested negative for the flu though. And it's kind of weird. Like everybody's like, I don't have the flu. And so uh, lo and behold, COVID happened. NCAAs got canceled. Everybody left Bloomington. You know, the pros, we were trying to swim out of a lake. We were driving to some some house in Indy with a indoor pool. Like, we were just doing like crazy stuff. And I was like, all right, like, am I really like needed during this time? Like what's going on? COVID is kind of weird. Like, you know, it's beginning. No one knows what's happening. Um, and so it was kind of like, all right, like I'm not needed. And so I packed up and I drove out to Colorado and mm. that's where Caroline was. And first weekend out there proposed. Um, nice. Thankfully, she said yes, and um, that would have been an awkward three months. Um, and so, hung out there for three months. And you know, my time at Indiana had come to an end. Uh, you know, Ray's Ray's thing at the time was like, "Hey, you can only be here for a year, and then we're going to try to find you a job." I was like, "Perfect, that's what I want to do." And so, that happened. But then it was like, "Well, how am I going to find a job during COVID?" Uh, yeah. I mean, I think. For people that don't know, like in this, this profession, super weird. Um, the only way you get a job is if someone retires or gets fired. Like that's it. Like people are like, "Oh, where are you going to go next?" It's like I don't have any say in that. Got to wait until the coaching carousel opens up, yeah. and it always does, right? It always uh, does, except for during COVID, <laughs> because who in their right Very mind happy. is going to? Yeah, who's going to leave their job during COVID when? to go be a swim coach yeah, like that's so just to be weird. honest come on yeah. yeah to be honest about it yeah and then like no one's gonna fire someone during covid uh i mean you look at health insurance you've got pay like all this stuff and so i am unemployed sitting on my fiance's couch trying to figure out like what's next and there were a few jobs open and i applied to those and and those um there were a few like power five jobs open and, and so i was trying to work through some of that and um I mean, honestly, the positions were like female, like they needed a female because uh, because you generally have to have, you know, you have one on staff. And so um, that there was one at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. And I was like, all right, never heard of this school before. And so I applied to it. Then I looked at Google Maps and I was like, where's Arkansas? <laughs> and and my wife or my fiance, Caroline, now wife, she's like, what do you what are, why are we going to Arkansas? Like, what are you doing? I was like, huh, like I got to have a job. Like I need to get paid. And so I talked to, I have an interview with the head coach there, uh, Amy Burgess. And we talked for like an hour the first time. And I got off the phone and, and Carolyn was like, what do you think? And I was like, 
man, I loved it. Like, I loved her. And so we talked a few more times. I sent her as, as if I've, if anyone's listening to this and I've applied to a job at your school, I've sent you a ton of crap. Um, I, I really try to be prepared. Um, the man is thorough. The man is yeah. thorough. We had a, we had a 50 minute call last night before yeah. this, before this yeah. podcast, mainly and, just catching up, but he's thorough. This man's one of the most prepared individuals I've ever met in my life. And so ultimately get out, she flies me out there and I don't know where, I, I don't know where we were at in the time of COVID. Obviously I was able to fly. Um, so I don't, I don't know, but, um, flew out there and saw it and was like, all right, this works. Like, let's do it. And it was a women's only team uh which was i thought kind of cool single gender um i was getting paid like hell yeah i don't have to be a volunteer anymore uh, division one school like it was mid-major it's uh you know but but still division one and um and with it being a single gender program you only have two full-time coaches so you have an you have the head coach and you have an assistant coach and so i was like yeah i, I am interested in that and um she offered me the job we went out there and i'll tell you man we fell in love with arkansas we loved it you really I did. It's one of the states that doesn't get enough credit. It is beautiful. It's, I mean, Little Rock is the capital. So like there's plenty of stuff to do. And um, the girls were awesome. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, and, and we were really changing that program. We were kind of, when I got there, like we were kind of towards the bottom of the conference and we made a lot of headway that first year, um, broke, broke some school records. And, and I mean, all credit to Amy, obviously as the head coach, like, she allowed me to really do my thing. And it was like, all right, you got recruiting. Here's a sprint group. Here's like, let's help with some gear order. Let's help like all these things that I kind of be been seeing as a volunteer and, and maybe not necessarily having a big role in because I wasn't a staff member. It's like, now you like, you have an opportunity to do this and, and like, yes, ran things by her for sure. Like it's her program. Um, but she was really like, I trust you. Like, go ahead. And dude, it was, it was so much fun. It was just like an you experiment. Had, experimentation you had a blast. Had yeah. A blast. Had, I, I remember all those calls during that time. Like, yeah. like your hardest part was honestly like, because you had built so much there because you had put so much into it and gotten so much in return there. And, you know, it's funny because one of my other best friends at the time, Jack Little, um, <laughs> he was from uh, like Jonesboro, yep. Little, Little Rock as well. And so he's like, I'm telling him this because I get off these phone calls with you and be like, oh, like, was that Matt? Or like, who are you talking to? Because, he'd know, at that point, it was like, yeah. if it was of length, it was pretty much you. Yeah. And um, and I would be like, oh, yeah, he's actually going to like, I think you're from Arkansas, right, Jack? And he's like, yeah, like Little Rock, Jonesboro. And so like I asked him and like he was like, oh, yeah, I know all about that. I've swam in the pool. I've swam there like yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's an only women's team. And I was like, dang, this is like really cool, invisible threads like. Yeah. um small circle moment of like two of the people i value like the most of my life are like connected at little rock arkansas of all places yeah. super interesting um and, and yeah i just loved it and, and so that was the um that was the year you guys took a red shirt that was the year bob red shirt everybody um our conference thought that we were going to be and rightfully so we thought we were going to be somewhat like progressive and like we moved our championships back to the spring and we were like the first ones to do it. And we we're like, all right, everyone's going to follow suit. And no one followed suit. Yep, <laughs> relatable. relatable. Yeah. So, yeah. Swimming and loves so, their routines. Yeah. Like, lo and behold, like everyone had their championships. NCAA championships happened without without any issues, really. And um, I, I liked it. It gave us 
a lot more time to train. And so like our championships got back moved to moved back to April. Our conference championships in April. And so we have a lot of time to train and uh and we got better and um the only downfall was I was getting married and <laughs> we had put a wedding date of April 16th because what's going on in the swimming world around April 16th? Nothing. Except for our conference championship that same weekend. <laughs> all the, and so, you know, Amy, you know, so I'm telling Amy and it's like, all right, like I'm going to have to miss conference. And so then we're going through the season and then she sits me down and she's like, Hey, like I'm pregnant. And Ooh. I was like, Oh my God, that's incredible. She's like, yeah, I'm doing April. And I was like, no. Oh, my God. The trifecta. Yeah. so she was unable to attend conference head, head coach i mean she had just wow. had her baby and um and so she stayed back i went for the first i went the day before traveled down with the team i was there for the first full day for prelims finals of day one and then uh shout out Mitch, mitchell ellis uh from from gmby that second swim yeah. team i joined uh drove from uh, St. Louis, Missouri to uh, Missouri State uh, and picked me up. And it was like a three-hour drive. Picked me up, drove me back, stayed at his house, flew out to my wedding the next, like 5 a.m. Uh, the next day. And so our GA was in charge of the team. Wow. I was like, all, right, all right, big guy, like, here you Fun go. Yeah. And uh, awesome for him, right? Like super cool. And, and like the, we were good at that point. Like the women knew what they were doing. Like you get, you know, when you get to that point, like, you know what's going on. You know Successful how to teams know what's going on. Yeah. I, felt like, I felt like we had prepared them well enough. Like we, both Amy and I, felt really good about it. And like, okay, they, and you know, meanwhile, I'm texting them and um, Kevin Minky, he's giving me updates of the meet during the wedding, like all you know, all this stuff that crazy coaches do. Um, and they they do the meet, great meet, super fun year. We get my wife and I get married. Um, Took a took a honeymoon out to Utah. Incredible, loved Utah. Um, get back home and, and we're kind of uh, summertime, I think. Yeah, like there was no spring season because we got back and pretty much it was over. And um, come to find out, uh, Caroline's pregnant. Like pretty much right when we get back. Um, and so that was, I mean, talk about out of left field. Like we were not anticipating that by any means um wanted we wanted kids uh we just we're gonna wait a little bit and um you know life had other plans for us and uh yeah i just remember that day like yeah it was it was interesting that's a whole other story but um super fun like you know we're obviously very excited we're nervous as any any people are that are about to become parents and and so we're like all right we need to kind of figure out what we're going to do here and um in Little Rock, newly married, about to have a kid. We move to a different house because we were kind of like in the city, kind of on a ma main busy street. We wanted to, you know, about to have a have a baby, so we kind of moved outside about thirty minutes from the campus, kind of in a more rural area. Really nice house. Moved out there, and um, soon then after, we found out that Caroline was going to be unemployed, um, mm -hmm. and uh, that's a that's a definitely a different story. Um, yeah. And so that shook us up even more. It's like, okay, we have, uh, we're, we're newly married, about to have a kid. We're on one salary now of a, of a, a division one mid-major swim coach. 
assistant uh, coach during assistant a, a global coach. pandemic. Yeah, yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, whew, all right, what are we about to do? And this is like literally right before school starts. Like we're going into my second year at Little Rock, and it's like, gotta do something. And um, a job opened up. Someone that you also know, Dan Kessler. Uh, he left Florida State and he got a job at uh, Dixie Utah State, Tech. which became Utah Tech. Utah Tech. And we had, Amy and I had um, interviewed a girl from Florida State uh, for to be our graduate assistant. And so I went to her resume and found the head coach's phone number. <laughs> and I just texted Neil Studd. I texted Neil. I was like, hey, you don't, we don't know who each other are. I'm Matthew. I'm, I'm saw you have a job open. I'm interested in, in talking to you about it. Like school is starting. And uh, like I talked to him the day that our freshmen got there. And like I'm talking to the freshmen that we recruited and talking to parents. And then I go to like have this phone call. So like super big, like guilty, like guilty feelings and like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? But like ultimately this is what we have to do for our family. And so ACC, power, you know, Power Five, um, men and women combined program, uh, pay was higher. My wife's family is from Florida. We're like three or four hours from her family. Um, like all these things were like, okay, yes, like we should do this. And so, you know, go through the interview process, got the job, accepted the job, went out there and, and was at Florida state for, um, for a season. And, um, you know, we had, uh, kind of, no, not, not necessarily new staff. Cause I was new. And then Steve Wood, uh, who's there as well. He was, he was, he was a brought back. He was a volunteer there and they brought him back and love Steve Wood. He's a super good guy. Uh, we, we shared an office during that year and, and got really close with him and some of the other assistants there, um, and got close with them. And, and so, um, yeah, just had the experience there. It was, uh, different living in Florida. Like, uh, my wife's from Florida. Um, so that was kind of, you know, I think nice for her to be close to home. And, um, ultimately, we were just kind of looking for, for something a little bit different at that point. And um, I wasn't necessarily sure what I was going to do with, with kind of my career at that point. And um, was just kind of going through some things that trying to figure it out and um, back to Jeff, you get a phone call from Jeff and uh, he's like, Hey, do you, do you want to be the head coach at Catawba? And I was like, well, one, I don't think you work there. Like, I don't think you can start handing out jobs. <laughs> And then two, like, is that the same one that we competed against? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, that's interesting. And he's like, they got a brand new AD, you know, have a conversation at least. I'm like, okay, perfect. I'll have a conversation. So very similar to my conversation with Amy and Little Rock, like our, my boss now, Michelle, like talked to her for, for an hour the first time. And I was like, dang, I really like what she's saying. And um, I mean, salary was more like straight up, like getting paid more. That was nice. Um, head coach of a program. I was 26 years old at, at the time. Um, and I mean, honestly, like kind of nowhere to go, but up honest, like just looking at, at previous results and stuff. And so Ken, I came out here, saw what we had. And, um, I was like, yeah, I think, I think we can do this. And, um, got offered the job, accepted the job came out here. And so if, if anyone's keeping track, that was like, uh, like three or four moves in like three years. Um, Tactic. So shout out to my stepdad, Bill Kruger and my mom, like helping us move and shout out to Caroline for being a super nice wife. Uh, Cause that is a lot <laughs> to ask of someone. Um, and um, you know, we've been here now for over a year. This was the first, uh, first 
summer that I wasn't looking for a job or looking for a house on Zillow. Uh, and, and we were, were kind of locked in here. And, and so I overskipped kind of the, the birth of my son, um, <laughs> which is, is obviously a really big piece in the, that whole thing. But, um, you know, my son was born uh, in, in January of uh, 22. And uh, he's almost two years old now. We're, we're going, he's about 20 months and super fun, man. Like, talk about changing life and changing perspective, like being a father, being a parent of any kind will do that. Um, and it definitely complicates things. Yeah. Like, and that's not, it's not a good or bad thing. It's just is what it is. Um, and I don't think people want to talk about that enough, but like, yeah, it's hard being a parent. Like it's hard being a parent. It's hard being uh, involved in, in the college athletics and how, how you navigate that has really tricky sometimes and um by no means am i perfect at it at all and and uh you know my wife and i have a lot of conversations about that how do i do a better job of uh being being in my roles like i have a lot of hats i'm wearing right now whether it's a father a husband a head coach i'm a son i'm a i'm a grandson i'm a i'm all these different things um and so it's just tough and, and like I said, people don't want to talk about that, but um, it is really tough. But um, yeah, my son was born and, and his name's Michael and he's the best and we love him. And um, right now my wife stays home with him. And so that's awesome that, that we're able to do that. And she's willing to do that because, gosh, we, we talked about this last night. Like moms are on another level, man. Um, so true. Just so much appreciation for moms and what they do. Um, dads, like dads can't do what moms do at all. Nope. Uh, it's, it's pretty incredible to watch her, uh, the patience she has, the, the love that she has for him. I get emotional. Like, yeah, it's just super cool. Um, and then kind of just like going through this whole thing together. Like it's, it's really, really fun. Um, so yeah, he, we're all here. We're in, we're in Salisbury, North Carolina. Uh, and that was a big piece for us. Like we wanted to get back to North Carolina. Charlotte, we're 45 minutes from Charlotte, um, place that we grew to love and, and grew to love each other. And, and, uh, that was really big. If it was, if it wasn't North Carolina, it was going to be somewhere in Colorado or Utah. And so we're happy, happy that it's here. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, can I talk about last year, like took over the team, uh, had an assistant was retaining an assistant coach. She left within the first like month of me getting the head coaching job, um, yes. had to hire somebody. Uh, never done that before. Um, so hired hired my assistant coach Reagan, uh, alumni of the program, graduated from Catawba Swam here. Um, love having her. Like talk about um, talk about enjoying the people you work with. Like I really really enjoy working with her, and the kids love her. Like she she does such a good job with them, and uh, I think we're really good at being good at what the other person is bad at. Like she is really good at what I'm bad at. And I'm feel like I'm really good at maybe what she's bad at and, and maybe bad's not the right term, but like, I think we pick up the slack for one another really well. And um, so now it's like, yeah, how do I manage her? How do I manage her? How do I manage the staff? And if hopefully we get another assistant, but like a staff, how do I manage a team? Um, how do I manage myself? How do I manage a budget? Like all these things that kind of go into being a head coach that you don't really see uh, when you're a volunteer, when you're an assistant. And so that is, um, that has been big. That has been like a really big learning curve. And there's no, there's really no way to, to do that other than getting thrown in deep and 
and, and figuring it out. Uh, we have a very supportive athletic department. We have a very supportive um, AD, my boss. I, I love her. Uh, she is the reason I came here. Um, our president is incredible. He is one of a kind. He loves athletics. He is supportive of, of me, of our program. He was at our conference championship the last night, prelims and finals. I'm willing to bet he was the only president uh, in the stands. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about him. He's just a great man. Um, and so, yeah, we, we love, we love Catawba. We love Salisbury. Um, the, the support for the school is pretty, pretty insane. Um, but yeah, last year, incredible first year. Um, you know, we had a team of 24, we had 10 men, nine of them could compete. And then we had 14 women and, um, it's not big for a college team. And, uh, we were very, very successful. We had, uh, the women had the highest GPA in the country in the fall semester, uh, 3.7274. Uh, then they, they had the highest GPA in the spring, 3.85. Um, so highest GPA in the country for women's D2 swimming. Something to be really proud of. Um, huge. 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 Especially um, as, as you're growing so fast in the athletic side of things, too, to maintain sure. that and improve on that. Yeah. And, we, you know, we got to do it this year. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, they, they know there's, there's some pressure there. Um, and on the performance side, like, man, we broke 13 school records last year. Um, we got a woman qualified to NCAAs for the first time as, since 2001. Uh, that's, that's a big deal since 2001. Um, she wasn't even born yet. Um, so that is wow. pretty, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's pretty wild. Right. Um, yeah. 200 breaststroke, uh, she broke school record on 200 breaststroke five times last year. Um, Savage. So got her to NCAAs, uh, made the most of her time there. She, she qualified for finals and got 14th in the country in the 200 breaststroke, become a, became an all American as a freshman. Um, so did that in the first year. That was fun. Uh, and then gosh, what else? We did so many things last year. Um, it's just fun. Like getting to finally do what I felt like I was ready to do for a really long time. And, and, and I told you, like, I just needed somebody to give me a chance. And, and Michelle did that by hiring me. I mean, she hired a 26 year old that has never been a head coach before. And, and I, don't know, I think I'd say she took a chance on me and maybe she saw something in me, uh, that other people couldn't, which I'm, I'm very, appreciative of her for that. Um, and so, yeah, now we're in year two. We, uh, we have a very, very good freshman class, very excited with the class we recruited. Um, you know, you said it in the intro, but our women are fourth in the country right now. Our men are sixth. It's the first weekend. Um, not all teams have swam. Like there's caveats to all of that. Uh, but we'll when, you go on swim, when you go on swim cloud and, and look at that, like it's pretty cool to see that. Um, we, we have some times that are ranked really well within in the country right now. And, and again, those things are going to shift and change as we move through the year and, and as more people start swimming and um, but it's fun to be like, okay, look at what we're doing right now. And we have some steam and some momentum. Um, yeah. We know we beat a division one team this past weekend on the women's side. Uh, we beat uh, our, our men almost beat a division one team. Uh, we had 14 men competing uh, versus I, I think, maybe 30 on, on their side. And, and we lost by 13 points. So I think that's pretty good. The men were, men were fired up about it. Um, the energy is great. Um, we got big goals. We got really, really big goals of what we want to accomplish as a program for our individuals. Um, we have some, some internationals that have some really big international goals that they want to try to accomplish. And, um, so we're kind of doing everything and it's, it's fun. And, 
Um, I think that the future is super bright here. I love it here. I'm, I'm in this for the long haul. Um, I mean, Queens is gone. So who's, who's going to be the, who's going to be the dynasty, you know? Sir. Yes, sir. I, uh, I love it. I learned a lot of things that I didn't, uh, I didn't even know about that. I didn't even, yeah. uh, have insights to, uh, I appreciate the vulnerability, the openness and, uh, going along with that journey. Um, I, I, I was smiling pretty much the whole time listening to all the little side, like the, the story pockets, the anecdotal experiences, the, the tidbits of knowledge, the people that you connected with, like, I remember very vividly the call you had with me about Kataba. And mm-hmm. and I think I was like I think I was like shaving for a meet and you kind of like told me you're like hey like this is a pretty serious call and I was like okay like kept shaving and <laughs> um and then I was like I got I got my priorities and then you're like it's about like I think this is going to be like a couple years thing like like a big deal and i was like oh okay like let's let's get some presence to this and yeah i remember just going through the list and it was just like every time like the pros cons just like what friends are for just like kind of hearing it out balancing both of it and it was like head coaching position full autonomy back in north carolina in a spot that you want with caroline with your family near queens like i was like the dude this this checks off all the boxes. Like you would be dumb not to, not to take it. And, and like just the excitement level you had going into it. I was like, dude, I haven't, I haven't heard this in a long, long while for him. And um, I think it's just such a cool spot now that you're in it, like flourishing and having so much more room to improve. Like you said, like, yeah, I, I was kind of crazy to hear, like, I, I didn't know she wasn't even born yet. Um, your freshman, yeah. like generational improvements. Like that's, that's wild. That yeah, that's insane. Like as someone who kind of went through a similarish ordeal at like ASU of like pretty much, I'd say like non-existent until like the last three or so years. Mm-hmm. Like to to have the power, the influence to make an impact on to someone, some people, a group, an organization, a program is so uplifting. Like and it doesn't really like resonate acutely like um direct praise it's like just this trickling like that exponentially grows over time and so that's where i think is like really unique being a head coach now is like you're going to be impacting so many more lives and just like you said there are so many areas to improve on that all those are just almost like a meteor shower like rising together and all of those are just streamlining like the process of it instead of just like oh we're gonna you know, we're just going to improve academics. It's like no academics, international success, NCAA success. We're improving the men's side, the women's side, like all these aspects. And like, it's just, it's incredible. And and I remember like on that same call too, like one of the aspects that I thought was super cool was having a female ID that was so excited about swimming. Like I, I had the fortune, like fortunate experience of having an AD at ASU that appreciated swimming and Olympic sports, but especially swimming. Like I, like a similar experience to your president, I'd never met like an an admin or individual. Like he comes to all of our home dual meets. And I was like, that's, yeah, that's like incredible. Like why? Like he has no, yeah, he has no need to do that. And to hear like the president of Catawba is coming there. It just speaks volume to the belief in you, the belief in the program, but also the belief of the people that 
Catawba is bringing in votes, uh, students, professors, coaches, athletes, GAs, assistants, like everyone. Top to bottom. I think I was one of 18 new head coaches last year. Wow. That that might be off, uh, but it was, it was high. And then we had, you know, this past year, we just got a new head football coach, like all of our sports, our women soccer team is ranked second in the country right now. Um, like footballs is doing way better than, than we have in a long, long while. Um, women's basketball made it the final four last year, fourth in the country, um, track and field, uh, cross country is incredible. Um, yeah, it's like everything's kind of clicking, which is, you can feel it and super fun. Are you as like the head coach, obviously of super like specified into swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there any like interconnectedness of like, are you having conversations yet with other coaches is there any crossover with that? Obviously, like as the athletes, um, I like we always have crossover with other athletes, like yeah. whether it's dining hall classes, um, like social gatherings, whatever it is. Um, but like, are you is there inter- any interconnected aspects between the coaches? Because I know Herbie talks about like, you know, talking with the track coach or something like that. Mm-hmm. But do you guys? Yeah, have, you experience we're all in the, we're all in the same offices. Um, so like I'm right next door to the head track and field cross country coach. Tennis is next to me. We got basketball, volleyball down down the hall. Um, so like we're all kind of here together, and it makes it really easy to just go walk into somebody's office and, and have a conversation. And we do that frequently. And uh, it's not necessarily always about training. It's about the team and like the the culture and the environment and what's going on around campus. And um, you know, I'm a I'm a pretty opinionated guy, and I, I like to share my opinion, and I'm not afraid to do that. And so um, you know, I think just having conversations of like how do we make Kataba as an institution, just better. And, and how, what do we need to do to be able to do that? And um, I think we have a lot of really good people in position to, to do that. And, and that's what we're kind of seeing the success that we're having. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a huge aspect too. It's like, not just, not just the training talks, uh, mm-hmm. not just those things that you know move the needle. I think there's a lot of people don't really, cause they can't see it. Oftentimes they'll see it, you know, like where you started, like Mac mm-hmm. gets hired. And then you'll yeah. see the results like at certain checkpoints at the year, like conference, NCAAs, and then that'll start to compound. But all the intangible things that really like move that forward, you know, like we talked a little bit about the redshirt year at ASU, like how hard that was for the individuals on the team, but also like the culture that was building before that, but through that phase as well. Like I remember we were – like maybe squeaked in the top 25 my freshman year, 20, maybe 24th or 20. I think we got worse my second year, like 27th or something. And meanwhile, you're at Queens. And I remember like talking about to you about like, and this is full of like vulnerability, but like, you're like, yeah, like maybe like Zach's in the transfer portal. Like, what if we got you and him? And I was like, dude, if Zach goes there, like, that's going to be a heavy contention for me, at least considering the option more heavily. Cause if it was hard. Is, if the NCAA is listening, I was not a accountable coach. No, no. He was just, <laughs> he was just talking about people, friends being in the, in the transfer portal, never, <laughs> never recruiting me, just, just discussing his friends. And um, I was just thinking like the whole time I was like, man, like this, it's hard. It's like you're in your second year. And I was yeah. finishing my second year at that point. I was like, man, this is, this is hard. And I'm glad like you're seeing a lot of success. Like I individually saw success, especially in my like freshman year summer, like individually. Um, But again, like those culture aspects, I wanted the collective to be so much improving um, more. 
um, it was it was hard. And and really, once you got the individuals that wanted to make that collective improve, you know, we go 24th, 27th. I take my waiver year. Then we'd all take a waiver year, essentially. Yeah. And no one got to swim during my Olympic redshirt 19 to 20 that NCAA. So we didn't have a ranking, even though the guys did incredible at NC or Pac 12s. And because when you mentioned the Des Moines meet, I was also one of your pseudo swimmers at that meet, kind yes, of yes, as, as well. Um, and Eric, Poske. Eric, yeah, Biggie, Eric Pose gave big shout out. Uh, yeah. officially timed or uh, yeah, officially recorded and timed my, I think to this day, still my best time in a 50 free in in the 400 meter freestyle so i had to have mad and eric we're ready i had to have so i'm entered in the 400 meter freestyle for all those who don't understand this is i basically just had matt and eric standing at the other end of the pool with their stopwatches and i would just touch the wall with my hand on the first 50 and then i had to finish the event and I touched the wall and i was like oh wow like good time and then matt was like yeah you have to keep swimming now like keep going you can't stop and so i remember i had to just swim the rest of the 400 meters and it was it was brutal i, was, yeah. I cranked the last 50 but i got so many text messages that because my time popped up it was like like 4 55 or something like that and and all like the guys were like yeah dude, yeah dude like are you okay like what happened and i was like no 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 check the first 50 it's okay yeah. it's okay um but it's a lot of it's a lot of struggle and you know like to come out of that like i guess blossoming flourishing growing phase like then we get to georgia tech and then we're sixth and then last year we're second and yeah. just an exponential curve to the to the highest degree and you know to see like you going through those aspects of really growing that those intangible factors i i really feel like for you first and foremost and then the rest of it becomes it's it's more scientific. It's more A to B. Like it makes more sense a little bit, but yet they really make sure those other aspects are really fastened down first until you can start really building on top of this. And when you're getting recruits in, you're getting people excited about the the, the program and really moving forward. And that's a wrap of part one with Matthew Gearing sharing his story there, seeing where he started, where he's ended up now. Before we really get into the uh, the data digging, the real science. The real, the real meat and potatoes of swimming. So, hope you enjoyed as much as I did. I really came away learning a lot more about one of my best friends I've had for the last decade. You know, there's some parts and bits that shared there that I shared there. A lot of vulnerability and for the first time ever really hearing some of those things and sharing those as well. So, really excited about those opportunities to share those out, to let those go, and really come away with a newfound appreciation, gratitude, and thankfulness for Matt and what he has given my life, but also what he's able to do and impact and influence other people's lives around him his entire life and career, and now at Catawba College. So look for the next episode in a couple days, and thank you for listening. (laughs) 